T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Ready! Buffalo Bills game day on the Buffalo Bills radio network. All right, here we go, here we go. We got to have a drive. 23 left, 23 left. Well, One, two, three. It's time for the postgame show with Shope and the Bulldog. Yeah, uh, the Bills lose to Minnesota in overtime, 33-30, to in a game we all just watched and listened to. It took four hours. I'm not mad. I wanted it to go, I mean, when it got near the end, like, just give me, give me as much as you've got. Yeah. Um, it's going to be hard to remain the Super Bowl favorite in the odds when you're third place in your division through Week 10. But uh, I don't know, maybe. We'll be talking for a long time about the Bills and Josh Allen's performance, highlights and lowlights from a game almost nobody on the outside thought he would appear in. But that's what happened. The whole game was a in that category, in that, in that sense, uh, a tightrope act, watching him take hits and dive or try to punch fumbles out. and Run over linebackers. I mean, <laughs> there's just no stopping him in more ways than one. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog here. We've got a lot to talk about. Before we do anything else, we've got to give our affiliates 10 seconds to identify themselves on this, the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. Sports Radio 550 WTR Buffalo. WKSE HD2 Niagara Falls, Buffalo. 98.5 FM. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Where do you want to start? You know, this might not be the best place to start, but... You know what, I, I, I was thinking as this fourth quarter was unfolding, and in particular after the two-minute warning, fourth and 18, you know, thought I had, I, I thought maybe I, we, whatever, should have spent a little less time collectively wondering about whether Josh Allen was going to play and wondering when the hell Tredavious White's going to suit up for this team because they had no answer for Justin Jefferson in this game at all. He's excellent, so, you know, you're, you're getting beat by someone who is, you know, at the very top tier of receivers in the league. But holy cow, I mean, just make a play on the ball. Turn your head around. Bat it down. Something. Fourth and 18 at the two-minute warning. Like, the game is over. Fourth and 24, <sighs> I think. Yeah, uh, he was hardly open on right? most he of these just, plays. He wasn't open on that play. No, he was not. Almost right to Cam Lewis. What are you supposed to say, right? Like, I mean, you tip your hat to a degree, but holy cow. Um, they, I, they, I, I, this is the first time this year I've thought they really could have used Tredavious White. No that's doubt. Why that's why I'm leading with Not that. to mention Kair Elam or sure. Jordan Poyer or Greg Rousseau or 
Tremaine yeah. Edmonds for part of this game. I mean, that's been part of the story this year. It, that all happened. So much happened before the last play. I still thought it was their game. I, I thought it was their game when he fumbled in the end zone. Like, I got 37 seconds. I need three points. Here's Josh Allen speaking. Can't have that. First red zone interception. What were you looking for on that play? And also the second. Yeah, I mean, the first one's fourth down. Um, no sense in taking a sack or throwing the ball away, giving somebody a chance. Those are those are going to happen. Um, second one, just bad ball, bad decision. At what point this week did you feel confident that you're going to <clears throat> I just progressed throughout the week pretty steadily. Um, put a lot of hours in into getting ready to play. You know, appreciate the guys in the training room for helping me get back out there. Um, I, I don't know if I can give you a definite day, but I always felt like I could play. Did that injury impact you at all today? No. Three straight second halves like this. How discouraging is that? And do you have an explanation? Um, no explanation as of now. Just. We got to execute better. Um, that's that's on my shoulders. Again, four turnovers today. Uh, three were by me, and losing sucks. That's just what it is. You hate to lose, especially that way. How do you, how do you turn this around, Jackson? I know it's only one game at a time, but how do you guys get this thing right? The turnovers being a persistent problem. Yeah, I mean, it comes down to my shoulders and my shoulders only, making the right decisions. Making the right throws, um, you know, putting our best foot forward in practice. This one's, this one's gonna suck watching. Um, only ways forward. We gotta, we gotta find a way to put this behind us and not let it affect our next one. What were they doing on first down to kind of stymie your guys' run game? There were a lot of you guys had to face a lot of second and tens because you weren't getting much on first down in the run game. Um, I honestly couldn't tell you the answer to that right now uh, until we. Can go back and look at it. Um, yeah, they had a good plan today. Josh, I know you said it was a bad decision on the, the final interception. What, what did you think you saw? Um, I mean, kind of a double post-ish concept there. Harrison uh, Smith took the kind of the over route, and I felt he was in a position where he could stop if I threw it over the top. So I just tried to drive it, and um, again, that's a, it's a savvy vet and, and Pat Pete um, can't make the throw. Josh, you guys were up 17, and you know nine times out of ten that would call for a team to run the ball. What do you think is it? Is it more or less of a the lack of execution or play design? What do you think is the? Um, again, not can't, can't give you an honest answer there. Um, you know, I gotta I gotta do more on that aspect too. Maybe um, we'll get it right. I, I trust the guys in this locker room. Um, trust the, the staff that we got, and we'll get it right. Josh, this is three straight games without touchdown in the second half. Do you sense something different in the second half? Is it scheme? Is it just you guys execution-wise? Because it's been since the Kansas City game since you scored in the second half a touchdown. Yeah, it comes down to the guys on the field and um, making the right plays. You know, we were horrendous in the red zone, and that's, again, on my shoulders. Um, so we gotta got to clean it up for sure. Just the worst you've felt since the Kansas City lost in the playoffs? Yeah, this one sucks. Guys are now in third place in the division. Uh, what do you have to do to regroup and, and work your way back to a better effort next week? Just one game at a time. 
have a good week of practice, turn this one, and not let not let this one become two games. Talking to each other about the way that Minnesota has, this is their fifth win in the last two, three minutes of the game this year. They don't go away. Would you guys talk about that? Um, not necessarily. Um, again, we, we do our job on offense. I do my job. It's a, it's a different game, uh, different story right now. So it is what it is. Thanks, everybody. Josh Allen live here on the postgame show. Brought to you by Buffalo Laborers Local 210. He sounds pretty defeated. Short answers, uh, not surprising, but there's a a total, uh, there has happened a total transformation here in the mood in the last two weeks. Much of this week was about whether he would play and, you know, how many games would you take his being absent for just to feel better about the playoffs. You, You didn't lose this game because of Case Keenum. You know, like they they got Allen, they got some big plays from him as usual, and got beat anyway. Let's check the stats, the Skymark, Skyworks, excuse me, the Skyworks stats of the game. Skyworks Equipment Rental, Building America from the ground up. Visit SkyworksLLC.com. Allen, 29 for 43, 330, a touchdown and two. Patrick Peterson, Pat Pete, uh, interceptions. Allen also, both in the end zone. I'm with Allen on the first one. Like, it's fourth down. You can't. Right. He doesn't have the running lane, and he's not going to, you know, throw it away. So Yeah, eating it makes no sense. So, yeah, whatever. I mean, you'd rather he, you know, they don't run it back like they did. Right. Like the Baltimore game. That could have been first down at like the 8 or 10-yard line, whatever. But instead, it's out near the 40, I believe, after that run back. Allen, 6 for 84 on the ground. Uh, Two huge runs on the overtime drive that ended in the, the, the second interception. Devin Singletary in the end zone twice, 13 for 47. Diggs, 12 for 128. Overshadowed by Jefferson, but man, Diggs in this game. Gabe Davis, too. He got away with the one in the fourth quarter. Yep. Six for 93 and a score. Knox, McKenzie, four catches each. Minnesota, Cousins, 30 for 50. 357, one and two. The guy came through, Bulldog. I mean, we don't really like him, did. but he... No, he did. I mean, yeah. He, he, you know, he, he gave his guys chances to make plays, and Jefferson is a stud. Dalvin Cook, 14 for 119, an 81-yard touchdown drive when kind of when the game felt pretty over. Uh, maybe right there is where it ceased yeah. to feel that way. Justin, they, yes? They showed a graphic after that, say, like, turning point of the game, and Minnesota was still losing, and I kind of I rolled my eyes when they showed it, but... Oh, good, good, good job, Fox. <laughs> <laughs> That's with what have I got here? Late in the third quarter, one forty-six left. I'm not sure. I'm looking at the time on the clock or the time of. The, well, that wouldn't have been long a drive. It was one play. So one forty-six left in the third quarter to make it twenty-seven seventeen. The Bills had a twenty-seven to ten lead with that little time left in the third quarter. Jefferson ten for one ninety-three and a touchdown. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. <laughs> We've seen lots of. Great games from receivers, uh, but that, man, that catch the on catches. A catch on fourth and eighteen. I know they don't score on that drive. That's that wild. You know, that's an insane sequence where, you know, the Bills hold them ultimately, but then Allen can't get the snap from Morse when they get the ball back at their half yard line, whatever. But 
that catch on fourth and 18 by Jefferson with like Lewis has both hands on the ball and here's Jefferson with one hand in the middle of it and he just pulls it down to himself and somehow keeps it from touching the ground. That's that the thing incredible. too. How he kept incredible. that ball the way the way he was contorted yeah. from touching the ground insane. Uh Hawkinson relevant 7 for 45, Thielen 5 for 49. The Bills are 6 and 3 after this loss. Miami won big over the Bills next opponent the Browns. And the Jets were off. Those teams have both beaten the Bills. Miami seven and three. Jets, Bills six and three. New England also on the bye week, five and four. We'll hear from Sean McDermott eventually, brought maybe soon. Brought to you by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at NorthtownAuto.com. Allen's injury overshadowed by this insane football game. Before the game, Pam Oliver on on Fox, one of her two appearances, by the way, in this game. They didn't use Pam Oliver very much, uh, but. She said that she asked McDermott the obvious question about Allen's playing, and he said the, the, answering the question would be unfair. <laughs> and he, he said he, Oliver said he wouldn't answer it, and he thought answering the question would be unfair. To whom? I can't imagine who that would be unfair to, but he must have had some reason for using that word. Uh, you know, we'll see what we get when the game is over. Obviously, there's tons from the game itself to talk about. We will take a break here, and then hopefully be in position for when McDermott is ready, and we'll get to your calls, of course, too. We'll stay on past the usual 6 Eastern for a 1 o'clock game. Mike Shope and the Bulldog here. This is the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. It's close down there. He's close to the goal line. The Vikings celebrating. They think they've stopped him in the end zone. Let's see. It's no, a he safety. fumbled. He fumbled, and it's a touchdown, touchdown. Oh my the goodness. Vikings. Oh, my goodness. At the bottom of the pile, a big scramble for the football. How did that happen? There's our electric play of the game brought to you by Town BMW for an electrifying performance. Check out Town BMW's line of EVs. Bills take over on downs. Backed up at their half-yard line. How did that happen? Bot snap is how that happened. Allen, it looked to me, the replays I saw, got his hands on the ball, yeah. but just never had it under control. It fell right there, and Kendricks landed on it in the dog pile, and you're down. They missed an extra point. The Bills are able to tie it, force overtime, and we get like a whole other script written uh, <laughs> after that happened. But obviously a, a massive play. I mean, there's, what, 40 seconds to go in the ball game at 37. that point? 37. Mm-hmm. So 41. You know, they might have changed it. You're right. Yeah, I think that's right. I think it was 41 when that ball is snapped. And pff, tough, man. Tough. Yeah, I thought he had two hands on it, too. You know, I, I don't feel like the center was at fault there. And I don't remember hearing Allen asked about it. I mean, it makes sense. There's a lot. There's big picture stuff, and there's the whole overtime, and there's his elbow. Uh, but I don't remember a question about that at the press conference we just heard. No, he just he just said like four turnovers, three of them on me. So I, I think in that way he's taking accountability for not not handling that ball cleanly. He's not blaming himself for the singletary fumble. No, I don't think that's so. good. That's good. Mike Shope and the Bulldog here. An incredible game at the stadium. Fox said at halftime that with the Bills leading by fourteen points, the Bills had not lost a home game where they led by 14 points at halftime since 1968. You can hear you hear that stat building and like, all right, what is it going to be? And it was 1968, and that just completely floored me. Like, 1968? Like, not ever in the history of the stadium that they lost a home game where they were up 14 points at the half? I guess. That, that changed today. That streak is broken. Bulldog, how bad is this? Like, Minnesota's 8-1. Turnovers... I mean, that's a real thing. 
But I also feel like it could be something where decisions are made differently, balls bounce differently, and you don't lose. These two games have been like just as close as can be. Miami was, too, all of their losses. Um, but, you know, you've got this feeling, I think, out here and maybe even in the team that in close games, they're going to blow it. So I, I don't so much... But I mean, I, I would understand if fans feel that way. It, it, it maybe maybe the you know the the Baltimore game, uh, and they have a, they have another close win here somewhere. Uh, I don't whatever. Maybe they, they feel a, a long time ago now. And Fox is right there with the graphic right now. They're two and eight in their last uh, however many ten uh, one score games. So it could be a thing. I'm just more like, you know, there's two careless interceptions in the second half of the Green Bay game. And like, okay, you you got my attention. Then again, it happens in the Jet game and it's in the red zone again. And now today it's in the end zone twice. And sure, one of them's on fourth down. So you're just going to force it. But I I mean, I don't know, man. Like I, I, I need the MVP candidate to he was gutting out a game here that most everyone on the outside did not think he was even going to play in. Uh, I, you know, I, I need him to not give them the ball. I mean, that uh, I'm sorry. Is that too much to ask because he's hurt? I know. But um, I'm, I'm worried about where his head's at and his confidence is at because he is forcing some things down close to the other team's goal line that could be points that are turning into turnovers and it's not to me any longer just an aberration it might be fluky but it's three weeks in a row worth of flukes didn't cost you in the green bay game certainly cost you last week in new york and now or in new jersey against the jets and then of course today right good catch good catch um kansas city was 24 20 so that's not that's the other one you're trying to place right. the close close wins i'd say it was pretty damn good then with the Bills down in that drive at the end of the game. No second-half yeah. touchdowns since that game. Right, since that pass to Knox in Kansas City. Yep. Got a bye week in there. It seems like forever ago. Yeah. Imagine imagine knowing that then. Would he watch Allen make that incredible pass to Knox, and he's gesturing, maybe decoying the safety, and like they win the game in Kansas City, and somebody says, like, all right, they're going to be at least four more weeks before they score a touchdown in the second half. But that is the truth, including the overtime here. Uh, I mean, they were close to scoring there. All right. We don't have Sean McDermott yet. We're going to hang out, take a call or two, as many as we are able to, before he jumps on. But as soon as he does, we got to just like immediately do that. Mike Schoep and the Bulldog here. Let's get the first response from the fans. Brought to you by Serve Pro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy. Serve Pro of Central Buffalo's Team Luzzy is first and faster to any size disaster. Visit TeamLuzzy.com. Hey, I'm going to be Ken, oh boy, Ken. Ken, you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Let's gentlemen. go. Let's go. False start on well, Kevin. Full start. It's like another epic Bills collapse. Uh, can't get the stop when you need to. Play calling is just horrendous. Why can we not run the football? Even there at the end of the game, I mean, I can go through multiple times through this game when we had second and two at the two-yard line, and Devin Singletary previously in the game had ran in from six, eight yards out, two touchdowns. Our blatant refusal to run the football is one of the biggest down, downward problems with this team. And, again, we had second and two, threw it away. Third and two, threw it away. Fourth down, throw a pick. Uh, I have no problem with going for it because at that point, the, the field goal wasn't going to help you much. Two touchdowns still would have beat you. I get it. But then down the stretch, just Frazier's defense 
can never make a stop. And, yes, they did make the stop at the goal line. Hallelujah. I'm happy. But then everybody in that stadium knew it was going to be a Josh Allen quarterback sneak. And I said to my friends here, we're sitting here watching that game, yeah, you're going to sneak it. At least go spread formation and make them think you might throw it and pull a couple guys out of the box. That that might be fair. Thanks, Ken. But, you know, he has to hold on to the ball. If he holds on to the ball, you're fine. Like, yeah, that's, I, the only, I, that's the only way you get beat. There was, the, I think there was room there for him to fall toward Ryan Bates, which I think is all he's really trying to do. I mean, sure, you'd like to get some yards and get some breathing room, but snap the ball, get out from, even if it's from your half-yard line to your one-and-a-half-yard line, and they've got one timeout, I think, at that point. And, you know, so then I've got another snap, and the, the game is over. So... You know, and, and I, I, there was some, I don't know if you saw this, um, it got discussed on the broadcast. I don't think the safety there is a good idea at all. Like the intentional Agreed. safety, because there is there are 41 seconds there. So, sure, you run some time off. Now I'm free kicking it, and a field goal beats me? No thanks. I mean, I, I know how it turned out. And so, in hindsight, you know, you would have rather tried to play defense than give them a touchdown there, but you got to be able to execute a quarterback sneak even if it's at your half-yard line. Somehow in this world, network announcers have no use for, like, the win probability stuff, which would have told you almost certainly that the safety was a bad play. I mean, how many games do we have to watch where, like, the Bills, but other teams sometimes too, get the ball, 30 seconds to go, and get a field goal out of it? Like, that's what happened here. You want to you give up a safety and see if, like, you know, they, they can't score again or something like that? I mean, Justin Jefferson, pass interference... There's just every reason to understand that. And all you have to do, if you didn't understand it, would be look it up, and these guys can't be bothered. Oh, maybe they should. They don't even really definitively say it. Maybe they should take the safety. Yeah. Now we're talking about that. That would not have been the right the right call. They were fine. And I appreciate Ken, who's all about, like, they can't get a stop, realizing that they did right there on the goal line to win the game. And then again in overtime, Minnesota is first in goal at the three or the five. And they don't get a touchdown. There's a stop. They stopped Alvin Cook on first down. He's sacked on second down. He throws incomplete on third down. That's pretty good. It's a good I, job. Yeah. I thought it was the Bills game. I thought if Minnesota, in my mind, first and goal at the five, it's their game. They should run four times because the clock matters too. So you should run run four times. Or just you know you've got to keep the clock moving. And if it takes you four plays, then it does. But I'm not kicking a field goal here. I'm five yards away. Worst case should be they start at their five and it's tied. And so the sack changes that. And then it's fourth and goal at the fifteen. Like okay, but you saw if you're watching the game, you saw O'Connell, the Vikings coach, like swear screams into the air after that third down pass goes incomplete because now he knows. Now he knows everything. Yep, right. everything that has happened in this game is left to can I stop Josh Allen when he has four downs and tons all the time he needs. They were able to do it. Yeah. Allen threw one to the other guys and they were able to do it. But as soon as soon as the Vikings kicked that field goal, I'm like, all right, we got it. After everything that happened today, and I was thinking to myself, you know, blame me if you want. I'm thinking, are we going to be arguing today on the post game show? Are we going to be mad? Because they're going to win this game right now. Are we going to be talking about interceptions or like what? But then you got the one more from after he makes those two amazing runs and a couple of digs catches to get you, what, inside the 20 or to the 20-yard line? Yeah, I, yeah. And I, I'll tell you what, like the, the play that he's picked on, that's, is that first, that's first down, isn't it? The interception? Yeah, the second. last. Oh, second down, okay. There's an incomplete right. pass to Knox where he's being, you know, just – 
Oh, hog tied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On first yeah. down, yeah. and then the interception. Yeah. I, there's a moment in there. I think it's on the first down in completion to Knox. Like just, all the way back to the beginning of the callers, uh, you know, the points he made about the running game. Second and goal at the two, incomplete, incomplete interception on fourth and goal. Like I, you know, I think a lot of our audience. I, I, I'm. I almost never think with Josh Allen on my team, you should run the ball, unless it's him, or unless it's him and he's playing with a banged up elbow. But first, first down there, the play before the game ceiling interception, I thought was a perfect place for a singletary run. I, I just let let let's see if they want to defend this, you know. And you had you had enough time to do it. I don't ev- I don't it might be the first time since Josh Allen's ascension into what he has become here, where I've been watching a game thinking I hope they hand it off. Because hmm. I, I I just I don't think Minnesota would have been ready for that at all, and it could have really been could have been nice for you. So whatever. Here's Jim next. Hi Jim. Hey guys. Hey, thanks for taking the call. A couple other comments I wanted to make, and then I'll, I'll back off and listen to you guys. Uh, Sean going on it for going for it on fourth and uh, whatever it was. Instead of going for the field goal, we could have gone up by another three, which we would have we would not have worried about overtime at that point. And then uh, you just mentioned Knox in the uh, end zone in overtime. Again, he drops a critical pass at the pylon. It went right through his hands. I mean, he had a defender on him, but he just got a big contract this past year. He paid to catch the ball. If he wants to be a big tight end in the league, he's got to catch it. But time after time, he consistently drops it. Are you sure that's a drop? I thought the defender had his hand right in between Knox's hands there. But when, I, looked at it, when I saw it on the replay, it looked like it went through his hands and hit him right you know, below his belt line. Um, you know, that's tough for me. The guy's all over him, and the contract's irrelevant. Don't mix you know, the points up. You want to talk? You want to bring his contract into the point? Then you're blaming the Bills, which you can do. I didn't like the contract either, but the contracts are relevant to the play. I, th- I think the guy's all over him, and I would have a tough time knocking Knox for not catching that pass. Uh, but you know, you're welcome to. Thanks, Jim. Here is Tyler next. Hi, Tyler. Hey guys, I, I just want to say, you know, we we criticize the players uh, back and forth here, um, but. It's three, four years now with a decent amount of talent to great talent on the field. And are we really questioning uh, Sean McDermott enough as a coach? You know, um, are we really looking at him as a head coach, as a motivator? We're watching this team go out flat um, and uh, uh, several years now in a row. And and I want to know. Wait, 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 wait. Today they they came out flat. Not not today. Not today. They did fall behind, if that's what you want to say, but I just... Right. We lost the game because the team kind of, like, let go, like, let go with a handle here. Um, and and it, it's a number of years now where we, we kind of um, don't seem prepared or we we just seem outcoached in situations, and I just don't think we question them enough. And okay. I'll, I'll let you guys go with that. Okay. I, I'm, I'm just... I'll just say it because I'm thinking it. I feel like this is insanity. <laughs> how, how many different ways did the caller just sort of pussyfoot around blaming McDermott? He kind of blamed him for everything. Yeah. Not motivated enough, lost flat. the handle, yeah. flat, out coach, like the other coaches can't be good too. Like just, how, what's their record? Yeah, the situations. If the, if the criticism is, is, this is what I could listen to. I don't have to be right, you know, but this is what I could listen to. 
details like happened in Kansas City. That was an obvious one, and that was an all-timer. But details, right? And so whether that's play calling, which isn't really him on offense, you know, I'll have that conversation because they have lost a lot of famously close games. I feel like Allen's in the – well, of course he's in the middle of it. He's the quarterback. But you think about Tennessee or this game, it's sort of like his gaffe, if you will, at the end. And I don't know how to blame Sean McDermott for that unless you want to say that it's his his fault that Allen's like – confused or something on those plays he's just dropping the ball or is or is so much the focus of the offense that that's just you know the 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 idea of giving it to a running back at any point there when the game is in the balance is an afterthought okay like i I, i'm not i don't want to shoot the guy the guy down for like what about sean mcdermott i just be like you know everybody has to take a breath (laughs) because um you know this, this team's still pretty good but i know how it feels i know how it feels speaking of a very tough day for sure yeah right speaking of mcdermott he's ready yeah, I mean, we got to do a better job there. We had opportunities to win the game, and we got to do a better job taking care of the football. I know I keep saying that. Um, we talk about it every week, and, you know, it makes it awfully hard to win a football game when you turn the ball over four times. Um, so. Stefan said you basically lost your edge. That's what's been happening in playing games. How discouraging is that to hear that? To know that your team has been losing its edging games. No, I believe in I believe in this team. I believe in the team. You know, they made more plays than we did at down the stretch. Obviously, we turned the ball over. We got a team in fourth and nineteen, and and they made the play. Uh, we got to get the ball knocked down there. Um, so opportunities to win the game, and at the end of the day, we didn't get it done. So, would you, Sean, would you, would you agree, agree that they lost their edge? No. Oh, okay. no. All right. Second halves. Overall performance, output, production have been an issue really what yeah. the last three games. Can you pinpoint maybe is there something that's going on there? It's kind of a trend. Yeah, no, I think it's worth a, a, a deeper dive again this week, and we look at it and study it. And you know, we haven't scored touchdowns in, in the uh, second half, uh, um, so we've got to go back and look at it, what's been different in the second half and what's been different compared to the first half. Talking to Cam Lewis in the locker room, he's really down on himself um, because of that catch that. Jefferson makes there on fourth and long. Um, do you talk to a guy like that, making sure that he just mentally stays with it and you know, stays yeah, on the right this track? this is Cam's first start at safety, and, um, you know, I believe in Cam, and, um, you know, he made some good plays out there as well uh, throughout the course of the game. So um, I believe in him. Coach, with, with Josh being competitive, you know he is, how do you strike a balance with him in terms of keeping him from pressing to make a play while also being the competitor that he is that makes so many plays for you that he does. Yeah, it is a balance. I mean, he's, he makes he makes plays. He makes spectacular plays. He's a special player, um, and I believe in him as well. And, you know, we just got to do a better job of, of taking care of the football and taking what the defense gives us at times. And, um, you know, that's an adjustment we have to continue to make. John, this locker room talks about the 24-hour rule after a win or a loss. Is it harder to do that? When there's a game that it involves so many emotional swings up and down. Uh, I mean, that's what that's the, the course of the season, you know. And these games are close games, and um, again, we had opportunities to win. That's what makes it sting. Um, we were right there, and um, again, we got sloppy with the football. Um, so we just we gotta. This is the journey of a season. So you gotta pull pull yourself back together, find out the reasons why, make the adjustments, and move forward. Sean, I guess kind of going off of that, you guys have faced adversity this season, past seasons. What's your message to the team right now during this 
this this time? Yeah, I mean, number one is belief. I believe in them and and I uh, believe in our coaching staff. Um, we're six and three, um, so we've we've done some good things, but we've also um, gotten sloppy at times. And and sometimes before you win, you got to prevent yourself from losing. And that's I know it's a negative kind of connotation, but that's really where it starts. Number one, and that, and that usually involves the football. It's in the fourth quarter. Josh's interception on fourth down. You had a second and two, third and two, and fourth and two. You went with three straight passing plays. Was there any thought to, to go to the run in that situation? Yeah, that's, uh, we had a couple of those. Uh, we had a couple of second and shorts uh, that we'd like back. Sean, you touched on you know, not being too one-dimensional last mm-hmm. week. This is the second straight game where the, the running attack really wasn't a huge part of the, the second half. So what is the reason for that? Yes. Joe, it's something we can look at. Um, you know, I thought we did a pretty good job at times with that in the first half, and then second half got a little bit out of whack there. And we had some second and shorts to his point that, um, especially against a good short yardage defense uh, and, and one short yardage defense, um, you've got to pick up the, the first down there. What would you say, Coach, would attribute to that? Because you're up 17, nine times out of 10, it will cause you to run the ball in those instances. So is it to say, is it, is it, is it lack of execution, or is it the play design that right, you can't close out ball games when you have comfortable leads? Well, I just think this, some of it's the nature of how the NFL is. Um, you know, I think we've pulled away at times, and then, and then lately uh, we've struggled a little bit. So it's something we'll look at. Uh, we've really just followed the doctor's plan all week. That's really what we did, and, and then uh, we went from there. Pretty clear your message is belief. You said that a number of times. Are you at all concerned? It's part of your concern that your team not lose its belief in itself. And that's part of it. Part of it. That's that's where you got to hold your confidence throughout the course of the season. This league tests you in a lot of ways. Uh, Jerry, you've been around it, and, and uh, the, the season tests you. So. Um, you double down on that, and, and you go back, make the adjustments you have to make, and that starts with being truthful, um, which we've been, and uh, and you move forward. To your knowledge, was Josh impacted at all by his uh, elbow injury, and do you know how he came out of the game physically? Have you talked with him or the training staff about that after, since the game? Yeah, during the game, uh, he was not impacted, um, and then after the game, I, I saw him briefly on my way here, checked in with him, and then, um, but he seems seems fine to this point. So. Um, officially, uh, I haven't te- checked with the trainer yet. Sean, what do you say to Josh? Because so many of your wins have been because of Josh. What he can do with his arm, with his legs. When you have games where it's a fumble, where it's an interception, and you have, and he's sitting there, and he just looks completely blank because he feels like he lost this for his team. What do you say to your quarterback? That I believe in him. I believe in him. That's really where it starts. Um, so he's a special person, special player. He's the leader of our football team. Um, better days ahead, and, and uh, again, this is this is life in the NFL, unfortunately, and it's it's going to be a hard one to go to bed tonight with. Um, but that's that's why they put us in these positions, right? Coach, how much does it pain you that you can't get one yard when you need to get one yard? Uh, you got to win the line of scrimmage. So I mean, um, we'll look at it all, and there's a lot of things that we can do better. Right, thanks, guys. Sean McDermott's press conference brought to you by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at northtownauto.com. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog, back with more of your calls after a riveting Bills game that ends in defeat, 33-30 Minnesota in overtime. The Vikings go to 8-1. Not bad. Bills go to 6-3, third place technically in the AFC East. Miami 7-3, Jets, Bills 6-3. 
New England five and four. Also, Kansas City, uh, a winner today. That's what we used to talk about. Yep, Yep. that's what we used to talk about. Back after this timeout, this is Buffalo Bills football. Snap, Josh in the gun. Fires one toward the end zone, looking for Gabe Davis. Goes up high, makes the catch. Yes, touchdown, Buffalo. Gabe Davis, touchdown from Josh Allen. An 11-yard strike. What a drive that was. It took less than a, it took about a minute and a half. Right at the end of the second quarter, well, not right at the end, 28 seconds, I think, believe, I believe, to go on the clock. In the second quarter, Bills go up 24 to 10 there. Josh Allen to Gabe Davis, 11-yard touchdown. Our eye on the quarterback is brought to you by Great Lakes Building Systems. We keep an eye on your business so you don't have to. Great Lakes Building Systems, our business is protecting your business. We've mentioned it already a few times, uh, but just quickly on the day, Allen coming into the game, a big question mark whether he'd play, 28 of 43 for three. 330, a touchdown, two picks, and a fumble at the goal line recovered for a touchdown by Minnesota. That's Allen's day. Rushing uh, six carries, 64, excuse me, 84 yards on the ground. Right, six for 84. Mike Schoep and the Bulldog, thanks for listening. An incredible game, taking your calls on it. We have Joe with us next. Hi, Joe. Hey, guys. Um, I just wanted to make a comment on the play that happened obviously when Josh Allen fumbled. Why wouldn't they go from the shotgun to run three to four plays and just burn out the clock a little bit? Well, I mean, you you want a quarterback sneak, and if you're in the shotgun, which I recognize is what they would usually be in, um, you're just your odds of converting it. You're trying to get what one? You're trying to survive. You're trying to get a yard. You don't even need a yard. You're trying to get forward at all yeah, just to, just to give yourself enough room to snap it and kneel <laughs> right i mean that's that's all you're really looking for there uh get out far enough where you can just you know kneel the clock out and they so they needed some room to do that um i i i don't know i mean i i think if you line up in the shotgun from your half yard line i, I mean what are we talking about if that goes wrong i mean i i, I don't know i I think they did exactly the right thing and just got a terrible result there. Me too. Uh, here is Marty next. Hi, Marty. Well, that call just stole my thunder, but I'll disagree with everyone. This loss was worse than a Kansas City loss last year because we have the football on a, what, the six-inch line? And to me, 100 out of 100 times, I put Allen in the shotgun. He gets the ball because there's no chance of fumbling at the goal line because of the direct exchange. And he could have ran. He could have ran right to the sideline and got out of that end zone easily. How do you know that? Because if he's in a shotgun, those guys have to honor a pass. There's no way they're expecting a pass in that situation. There's 37 seconds. They threw a 98-yard touchdown pass early in the year, sir. I'm sorry. With 30 seconds left in a game they were ahead? I'm telling you, there's no way Minnesota was worried about that. You you can't talk like it's you just know that if he were in the shotgun, he would have made it what? You don't want the sideline because that stops the clock. You want him out of the end zone and then tackled in bounds, and you want seconds to run off. Like I, I'm sorry, I don't see that as higher percentage than a sneak. Myself. No, I, I think what it is is just a, a, a classic example of the thing they did went wrong, so you should have done something else. And, like, look, maybe it would have worked. I'm not here to tell you it it wouldn't have worked. But, I I mean, I just said a a moment ago to the last guy who stole your thunder uh, that I think they did the exact right thing and got a terrible result, and I'll I'll keep saying that. Okay, thanks, Marty. Erica next. Hi, Erica. 
Hey, Sean. Hey, Bulldog. Got to pull a John the Optimist here and say, just I'm telling you, I don't believe that this loss was really on Sean McDermott's shoulders, like a previous caller has stated. I mean, when it comes down to it, Josh Allen is the one in the end zone. He is the one that got two picks in the end zone. I mean, they fumble a snap. It's the easiest play that you're ever going to run. Of course, you're going to do that there. But, I mean, truly, when it was fourth and two, they could have just kicked the field goal. There's your three points. Singletary, I mean, that elbow was down. I don't know what they saw. I know what I saw. That elbow was down. So, I mean, there there was a whole lot that was in the seat of the refs, went back and forth. But as far as play calling goes and Sean McDermott goes, I mean, it, it's not on their shoulders. Josh Allen is the one in the end zone. Okay, thank you. I'm, I was fine with going for it on fourth and two. If you know me at all, you probably assume that. But, you know, again, it's always take the points as if it's automatic. It's not automatic. And I didn't want to go up 13. I think 13 is a bad number. There's still a lot of game left, so it's not like kicking a field goal to go up six with a minute left or something like that, which if you don't understand, that's easily Googled why that's kind of bad strategy. So it's not exactly that situation. But I want to be 13 is they're going on fourth down now for sure. And I want to go up 17. I expect my guys to, to come through. So I, I didn't blame Baltimore for their decision in the, their loss to the Bills. And I wouldn't similarly, not exactly, there are differences, but I would not blame the Bills for that. A lot of people would. But just remember that the field goal isn't a sure thing. You know, take the points isn't really the right phrase because it's not like you don't have to kick it. You still have to kick it. Minnesota missed an extra point. Their guy pretty much makes them all too. So who knows? It was about that distance, right? Maybe you're at the 10 or the 8-yard yeah, line. Yeah, it was about that. Yeah, and, and them, them missing the extra point does, of course, bring the leaving the field goal, you know, not taking a field goal there more into into focus. Uh, but I, I agree. I mean, I, I think at that point, it was even said on the broadcast, I think, they're trying to just put the game away right here. That's, that's it. I'm going to go up. I'm going to go up here and, you know, good luck scratching and clawing and getting your way back. And, you know, again, bad result, but I – if anything, in that entire sequence, I, I, I would agree with, and, and this this came up with both McDermott and with Allen, and it's already come up on this show, second and goal at the two, I, I, I'm okay handing the ball off at some point, you know? Sure. And, and that sounds foreign for me because I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to live and die with Josh Allen, but... But but nothing. They they were they had run it effectively early in the game, and they just really never got back to it. They dressed five running backs in this game. Like Duke Johnson suddenly is is active on game day. Your favorite, yep. and I, I've already traded for Naheem Hines. Like what what am I doing? <laughs> and I'm handing it off ten times in the game or whatever the number is. I mean, I, I just don't I don't get the personnel usage. I mean, Johnson gave him a nice bump on kick returns there with the one big one. Um, so I'm not down on him particularly, but. You're going to give me an army of running backs, and it's second and goal at the two, and I was running it effectively earlier in the game. What am I doing? Not second and goal, but yes, point taken. Right? You're talking, we're at the at the eight-yard line or the ten-yard line? Am I wrong? I, this is the second time it's been said. That wasn't goal to go. It wasn't? Was the, was that goal to go, the interception, the first interception? I think that was fourth and goal at the two. So second and goal at the two, I, I think. I got now, now you're... I thought they were at, like, the ten. All right, well... We'll I'll never, we'll never be able to settle this. Place. No, no, just <laughs> let's let's just do a. We have to agree to disagree. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter that one of us is clearly wrong here. Just yeah, we'll just agree to disagree. It'll never be known. There's no way to find out. Thirty-three. Yeah. 
Yes. They're at the seven. It's fourth and two at the seven. The seven. So you're right. Okay. You're right. They're at the seven yard line. Yeah. So it would have been second and two at the seven. Second and two at the seven. Okay. Right. You know, a little, a little that's different. That's a little different. Yeah. Thank a little you. different. Okay. Um, I was fine, by the way, never finding out. 33 30, Minnesota. Mike Shope right. and the Bulldogs. This is Buffalo. I can't live like that. No, I know. That's <laughs> what we love about you. This is Buffalo Bills football. Snap to Josh. In the shotgun, looks, looks, runs to his right, still pointing downfield, fires it downfield, and is caught. A great catch by Stefan Diggs at the 40, and he squirms forward, brought down at the 45. How about that one? 24 yards. What a catch by Stefan Diggs. Diggs and Jefferson took their turns. Jefferson got in the end zone. Diggs did not, but he caught 12 balls for 128 yards on the day. And he was named the difference maker of the game, which is brought to you by Independent Health. At Independent Health, you'll find more than a 1,000 Western New Yorkers who are big fans of this community and big fans of the Bills. Of course, Independent Health, well beyond insurance. Learn more at redshirttreatment.com. A couple things from Sean McDermott in, in a second from his press conference, which is over, by the way. We had that earlier. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog here. Before we get to those, or I get to those two questions or two points, let's again give our network affiliates 10 seconds to identify themselves. This is the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. WTR Buffalo, WKSE HD2, Niagara Falls, Buffalo, 98.5 FM. Always live on the free Odyssey app. All right, uh, one thing from McDermott, or two. One is he did get a question. I don't know who the person in the media was who asked him this question. The same, the same voice, to, to my ears, asked him another excellent question later about how to talk to Allen. Like, specific, really, really good job there by whoever the reporter was. I want to guess Elena Getzenberg, but I'm not sure. That uh, How did you come to the decision to, to start Allen? I mean, McDermott gave you at least, he didn't, what he didn't say what Pam Oliver said he said before the game, which was answering such a question would be unfair. I have no idea who it would have been unfair to. But like we've all we all thought he wasn't playing, right? So mm-hmm. he said the doctors, very short, you know, simple that we took the doctor's advice. Satisfied? I mean, at some point you have to concede that they know more than we know. Uh but that doesn't necessarily remove all questions, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess so. I, I, I'm still skeptical that him getting hit wouldn't cause him more damage, so I was pretty nervous about the whole thing. I mean, that's how I sounded all week. It wasn't so much that I was, sh- well, I was sure he wouldn't play, but I also was sure I didn't want him to play because of risk of further injury. If they know with some degree of certainty that, or as much maybe as you can have, that, you know, sure, he could always get hurt, but it's not going to be because he's already injured. You're going to run him out there and play him? Like, okay, at some point I have to defer to your information. But I was uneasy the whole time watching him play. I don't like to defer quite that easily on this, but because there had to be some added risk. And maybe it was a minuscule amount. And maybe we all thought it would have been massive or something, you know, in the middle there Mm -hmm. somewhere. But the Bills took the chance and it seems, you know, got through it. Like McDermott even said after the game that Allen didn't appear to have any sort of problem because he was asked about that, too. And that's really good that he was asked that. I love love a good question. The play play where he lay on the turf a little bit afterward, I think Dawkins landed on his left leg on that play. And I think that's what was hurting him while he was lying there, not the elbow. 
And that was an interesting, it was a tough two minutes if you're watching on TV, like what is happening right now? But they come back from commercial and there's Allen sitting on the bench seemingly okay. On this game, Bulldog, much of McDermott, much of what he said was turnovers. And I also want to ask the same question. Satisfied? Because that's true. And I feel that way about this game. And there are sometimes fluky. I'm not saying they're all fluky, but there is some of that in turnovers. There's turnover luck. Um, And, you know, McDermott isn't talking about luck. He's talking about protecting the ball. Huge point for him, for any coach. Is it good enough for you? Like, we've taken calls from people who think it's way worse than this, uh, than just sort of attributing the loss to turnovers. But McDermott mostly did that. I think that that is... In this case, maybe the best. I mean, how did you lose the game? I mean, sure, there's lots of other things that didn't go your way. Um, But I've got to execute a center quarterback exchange and get out of my end zone, and the game is basically over. I'm going to have to do that two more times maybe. But if if I do the first one successfully, the other ones are easier, and the game is over. So, like, that turnover coupled with an interception in the end zone at the end with a chance to tie the game, let alone win it, I mean, wh- what else do you need? Right on. Okay. 803-0550 to call in. Here's Jack next. Hi, Jack. Oh uh, Yeah, how we doing? Good. Good. I'm just uh, curious how we go from a team that doesn't punt the ball for six games, seven games, I don't even know how many games, didn't punt the ball one time. And uh, we go into the bye week, and we come out of the bye week, and it's like we're a different team. Are they a different team? They didn't literally not punt for seven weeks. But I know I, I got the spirit of it. Um, yeah, the, the, the joke about, hey, who's the punter is sort of, I, that's over. How many times did they punt today, though? Not a lot, but it's, not, it's Any? not uncommon anymore to see the punter. And for a little while, it felt like it was. Did they punt today? Sure, a couple times. Okay. Now we got now we got to look at that. The, this question for me is a is a good question at its core. It's like, are they as good as we thought? Because you're not going to say a hundred percent right now, right? You couldn't possibly say a hundred percent right now that there there's nothing about them that's really different than what what where do you want to market Pittsburgh, like Kansas City, whatever. But I'm always like sort of I, I think this is most people. You know, if you know the league, you know how sort of fragile dominance is. Very few teams ever have been like unstoppable, point spread proof, never punt. And, you know, to pull that off over an entire season or longer, that's when you're you're a legend. I mean, that, that's when you're an all-time great team. And this team, I mean, I, I think the last two years deserve – to be included. You know, it's like 40 games. Over the last 40 games, they have been dominant, probably the best team in the NFL over that span. But your net what is that what is that worth? Like how much better are you than teams like the Vikings or even the Jets? It doesn't mean, we know this. It doesn't mean you can show up and just sign for a victory. Like you still have to not <laughs> beat yourself. You still have yeah. to not, yeah. you know, throw picks. I mean, these picks the last two games are the story. And that's with Allen does enough else to, you know, he's great. Right. He's great. And he does enough else to keep you there. But the turnovers are getting you beat. And 
that's not different because Allen has been this player, you know, like he's this is kind of like how he was out of the womb. The big plays, but also the oh my God. And we're just reminded that that's still that's still who he is, you know, and it's mostly good, but it's bad sometimes. Can be, yeah. And look, I mean, it, I'm grateful that fans want to look other places because otherwise, you know, it, it, if if we all just collectively decided that the turnovers are what got you beat here, like you know, you asked me here very directly at the start of this segment, is that is that a satisfactory explanation? And I get to, yeah, I think ultimately, sure, I think it is. Um, but it's, it'd be pretty boring if, if that were it. And, and, you know, if no one disagreed with that, but I, I, with that said, I think what, what we tend to do, and we've done this with players far, just as a fan base, and I don't think this is something that is just particular to this fan base. I think it probably happens everywhere. There are superstar MVP caliber players when they make mistakes that cost you the game. We don't want to point at them. I mean, what did Allen do today, um, you know, aside from the mistakes that I think cost them the football game? I mean, he borderline heroically played through an injury that some of us thought would, would cost him maybe a month of the season. And he threw for 330 yards and was running over linebackers and just doing his entire thing. So to, to then, in turn, say, he got me beat feels... It just feels counter to everything that you're feeling emotionally. But it doesn't make it wrong, you know? Uh, but you, you want to look somewhere else. I got some other problem. I should have run it on this play, and the coach should have thrown a challenge flag. This is not germane to this game particularly, but I'm just generalizing. Yeah. Like, what do we do as fans is we don't want to criticize the thing we love the most, which is him, the quarterback. I mean, he's a stud, and none of this is happening at all. Why were we so nervous all week? If he's really hurt, this is over, and we all know it. So you you don't want to, like, come down on him, but sometimes the plain, simple truth is he got you beat even though he heroically played through an injury and ran over linebackers and threw for 330 yards. He also gave the ball away that cost you lots of points. It's quarterback life, right? I mean, that's quarterback yeah. quarterback life. And he, believe me, I mean, he definitely never sounds to me like he's trying to skirt that. He's, if anything, yep. he's harder on himself than maybe he should be. But doesn't make him wrong either. Right. Well done. Thirty-three thirty, Minnesota. Mike Schoep and the Bulldog. This is the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. This music is all peppy. I don't know. I'm not feeling peppy. Yeah, no, no. Sorry, I was whistling along. I should have should have been more somber. Shades of last year. It's much the same where you have a team that has convinced everyone it's at or near the top of the league. I mean, just everybody. And yet, halfway through the year, about, I don't know, why did this happen? What about that? Last year, it was the slip in Tennessee for Allen. Or Jacksonville, of course. Like, just, well, how do you explain it? Getting run over by Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah, eventually, right. And both seasons had a win at Arrowhead Stadium and sort of you're ahead of the Chiefs. They did that this year. I'm like, okay, well, you've got the lead and the tiebreaker. I'm like, wait a minute. They had the same thing last year. They had a two-game lead, maybe, over Kansas City last year. Ended up being behind them in the standings, despite the tiebreaker. And here we are again. They're behind, well, Kansas City, but also Miami 
which was great today, it seemed, Miami. Tua, mm-hmm. holy cow, the year he's having. Um, he's probably above Allen now in any MVP conversation. Maybe. Like, Allen has been up there with Mahomes and Jalen Hurts even, Geno Smith. But, man, Tua is just crushing for the Dolphins. And then you have other teams right there, too. Jets, Ravens, maybe Bengals, Tennessee. Tennessee wins again, 6-3. and three. Man, it's just on, right? It's just on. It's tight. Very tight. So, like, the calls, the caller before, Mike Shope and the Bulldog here, the caller before is like, what has happened since the bye? And I kind of want to – my instinct is to say nothing. You know? I mean, they it, the team is the team. Same guys. I mean, every game is different. Bounces are different. Matchups are different. But um, I can see why people are tempted to – and I am, I am too – to really scrutinize that and – Figure out, figure out, Bulldog, at the end of the day, if Josh Allen can be Josh Allen without these big turnovers. Like, or does that just come with, and there's no escaping that because you need his, you know, you, you need him to play a certain sort of, how do I describe it? Not recklessness, but... Uh, no, he needs he needs to be free to, to do what he does. I mean, I, I don't know, put, putting any kind of limit on him... Uh, I feel like is a step in the wrong direction toward sort of muting what he's capable of, what his brilliance is. Um, but on a, on a day where he was coming in, at least from our view, with questions about his elbow and how many hits, how much do you want to ask him to do? I've got five running backs dressed. The running game's working early. They just never really got back to it. And, I think, like in a in a in a bigger scope, you know, I've said dozens of times here, if not hundreds of times, on these shows, both these post game shows and our our local Monday through Friday show. You know, they're they're going to live and die on his arm and his his running, his him, he's it. Um, but if ever it was called for to sort of back off of that, you'd think today would be the day. And I think it was available to them, and they chose differently. And in the end, you know, he, you know, he needed him to, to, to do it at the end there. Uh, I guess, I mean, although you, you, you could have called a run play at any point in that final possession, you had, you had enough time to run the ball if you wanted to, and you might have even benefited by catching Minnesota off guard because why would they think you're ever going to run it? You never do. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, but what what's changed? I mean, the, the turnovers at the big, I mean, just these critical, it's the red zone stuff. They're, how long ago was it that you'd see on games, and maybe you'd cringe when you saw it, Josh Allen has not thrown a red zone interception in X amount of attempts. That was a thing a while ago. That's gone. I mean, he has, he has blown that out of the water the last three weeks. They're piling up a little bit. Yeah. Well, this was, an incre- this was an incredible game. We stayed a little bit late because of it. The game went pretty long. But um, got to get going at some point. We've got a couple interviews to play for you also. Did we do Difference Maker of the game? Yeah, we've done, we've done, all, the, we've done all the stuff. It was yeah. Justin Jefferson, right? How could it not have been Justin Jefferson? No, you're no, – you See, the key, the key word there is difference. Yeah. Well, difference. I, I'm Necessarily, not, difference. I, I nor you, uh, we collectively are not at liberty to decide. No. It, it was, it was made gotta, gotta clear get to at the end of the broadcast, and Eric uh, declared Stefan Diggs, and so that was that. Good player. Best player of the game, then. How about that? Best player of the game. All right. I'll take it up with him. He's texting. He's listening. 
Eric, we got a problem here. Difference play, difference maker. How could that be on the losing team? I think they have to. I don't know what the rules are, Mike. Those are the rules. I'm pretty sure. Because how could you possibly? Anyway, why do I get mad over these things? Mike Shope and the Bulldog here. Dawson Knox's postgame comments and more as we continue postgame coverage next. This is the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. Welcome back. The Bills fall to the Vikings in a thriller, 33-30 in overtime. Mike Shope and the Bulldog. Let's get back to the locker room. A couple of tight ends postgame comments for you tonight. And our locker room sound is brought to you by Buffalo Laborers Local 210. Here's Dawson Knox with the media. The last pass in the end zone, did, you know, do you feel like you might have been held there? What was your view of that play? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, you know, it's just one of those no calls you wish they would call. Um, but uh, for some reason, they didn't call it, so I guess I didn't see it. The, uh, you know, second half, you know, 24 points at halftime, do you, can you put your finger on, you know, what the, what's stopping the offense? Uh, you know, just beating ourselves. Um, you know, a couple ball security things, but, um, you know, we drove the ball well there at the end of the game, so um, we put us in a position to win the game at the end, too. So um, definitely some corrections that we'll get corrected over the next couple of days on film and stuff. What does this like with Josh, the uncertainty, and, and how do you think that affected maybe execution preparation coming into this one? Um, I mean, he still played a hell of a game. I mean, you know, he did everything possible to get back out here um, and give us a chance to win. So he was in the training room 24-7. I mean, he was in there way after hours, way early, too. Um, He did everything he possibly could to get ready for this game, and um, he still made some absolutely incredible plays out there despite his elbow bothering him. So um, we have all the confidence in the world in him. And, um, again, he played a great game and did all he could in the training room to get back for this one. You guys talk all the time about the 24-hour rule, but all wins and loss we know are not created equal, and this loss is feels like one that could stick around for a while. How do you guys put this behind you big picture-wise? Yeah, I mean, it's the same as um, every week. Like you said, 24-hour rule. Um, obviously, this win or this loss stings more than most just because it went into overtime. They're, they're a great opponent. Um, they're talented across the board. So, um, again, and you, you lose a lot of – or you, you gain a lot of knowledge and you learn a lot of things from a loss. So um, we'll be in that film room again hard tomorrow, and um, this time tomorrow we'll be moving on. The amount of swings – positive, negative, uh, offensively, defensively that went on in this game in the second half. Have you been involved in a game like that? I mean, what's it like on the sideline when you're when you're watching that or even out on the field? Yeah, it's just it's almost a mental test. You know, you just got to be locked in the whole time. You can't ever act like the game's put away. Um, so you can't ever just hang your hat and say, I'm done. You know, you just got to always be locked in the game, ready to go. Um, like today, if it goes into overtime or something like that. Josh was pretty upset after the game. What have you said to him, and, and how do you pick him up after the way this game ended? Yeah, I mean, the dude's one of my best friends, too. So um, we're going to have his back. He was the reason that we were in a game that tight, too. Um, so, you know, he led us to the point where it went into overtime. He did some incredible things out there despite having an elbow bothering him. Um, so we're just going to be there to help pick him up, and he's going to take the loss completely on himself, which it's not at all. Um, <laughs> That's how he does things. He holds himself to the highest standard possible, and um, there's a good reason for that, too. He's the best quarterback in the league, and he holds himself to that standard. That is Dawson Knox. Had a shot at it. The second-to-last play, a pass to Knox. He was pretty much manhandled there, but incomplete. And then the next play is the game-ending interception. Now back to the locker room, and this is Morris. you got to take the licks under the chin. You're watching the film, and... 
and uh, just kind of got to be a pro about it and a man about it and take it. And then, then you march on, march forward, because that's all we can do in this business. Second half, three straight games without a touchdown. Do you feel something different in the second half? Is it execution, scheme? What do you What do you think that it is? I would say it's mostly um, just execution. Uh, the coordinators are firing up good stuff. We got stuff going. For us, it's just executing in, in, in the mo- when the moments are the, the stakes are the highest. And, um, yeah, like you said, we have a lot to learn and a lot to improve on, which is um, a double-edged sword. You do practice those things once in a while, but they're not situations that come up all the time. You have to just describe what it's like down there in that tight situation where they're going to be swiping at the ball, they're going to be coming hard, and what happened down at the end. Um, yeah, well, in any situation where there's a, uh, a snap like that, I put that on myself. Um, that's just unacceptable on my end, and something will. It's just one of those things where you have to gut through the film and see what happened. And um, yeah, I mean, it's just you know, it was a game-altering play, which you know is tough, and um, it's something that uh, you know it's one of those plays that when you look back in your 40, you wish you had back. Yeah, so um, it'll be. It's a tough one to swallow. We'll look at it. And we'll be transparent with each other whether coaches and everything you know they'll be transparent with us and we'll just be pros about it and uh taking on the chin learn from it and uh move forward so it doesn't happen again okay thanks for staying late with us thank you zach for doing that we'll have here on wgr in buffalo the flagship station more post-game coverage nate geary will be in uh to take it from here but um, for the network and for our purposes we are done for the night next sunday cleveland one o'clock hope to have you along Mike Schoep and the Bulldog here. This is Buffalo Bills football.